Hobbits are always so polite, yes. Oh, nice Hobbits. Smeagol brings them up secret ways that no one else could find. Tired he is. Thirsty he is. Yes, thirsty. And he guides them and he searches for paths. And they sneak, sneak, sneak. Very nice friends. Oh, yes, my precious. Very nice. You can't not do a golem voice without your shoulders like touching your ears and everything. Like it's, Wait, it, really? it was literally involuntary. I was like two lines into it, and I was like, I realize where I'm at, but I can't stop now. Like, you know what you look like? You look like that that dude that they think humans will look like if we do work from home or like the game. Oh yeah. Oh my god. What we need is a good recession, bro. Shut up before we throw you out of your mansion or something. Um, good old French Revolution, let them eat cake moment. Um, but yeah, some, you know, it's like every once in a while, because I am a white guy, I get like those dude bro TikToks, like those financial, like this is uh, how, oh, this is how you're supposed to live your life, Alpha Sigma way. Mm-hmm. And By thinking about the Roman Empire. Yeah, how day. often do you think about the Roman Empire? Literally never. I never do. Like, Well, never. you're not a real man. Then. Apparently not. Um... Uh, but he, I do think about that all of us have a little bit of Genghis Khan in all of us because he, um, uh, (laughs) assaulted so many people across Ah. the world that we all have a little bit of his DNA in us. That is That's one way to be remembered in history. Like, how did he get any conquering done? (laughs) Like, honestly... (laughs) No, that was part of it, right? Wasn't that part of the pillaging? That's... I, I mean, I get that it's part of the pillaging, but that's just that's just so it's, it's a lot. Um, but yeah, he was just like, oh, you know, it's the same. Like, oh, people don't want to work these days. Like, oh, we need a good recession. It's like, oh my god, shut up. Oh yeah, that's not the answer. It's amazing how um, people feel like they've got it all figured out. We lived through a recession, and it really wasn't that great. It really wasn't. Like, it wasn't. Just, it wasn't. I do love seeing those TikToks where it's like me in the back seat dancing on our way to McDonald's. Meanwhile, my dad's in the front seat in 2008, wondering how they were going to pay rent or our mortgage or whatever. It's like, <laughs> oh, no. it's like, we really. I was in college, so I understood to a certain extent, but still, like, the burden that all of our parents bore, like, dealing with, like, the, the, crash of the entire free market of the united states Mm. is insane yeah i i i think the repercussions are that we still don't even understand what yeah like like they had money that we still don't understand if that makes sense like that's how much the the repercussions of that is um, did you know, like, a really depressing fact is uh, millennials don't amass a lot of the world, uh, the world's wealth in general or, like, America's wealth. But, uh, like, it's like we have, like, 2% of the wealth, like, stock wealth. And yeah. uh, the largest amount of that belongs to Mark Zuckerberg alone. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, like... Millennials in general have like the least amount of buying power, least amount of like financial power, and Mark Zuckerberg is like over half of that wealth. Well, it's because of all the avocado toast, obviously. All of our honestly, I heard someone genuinely make that argument to me no, about stop. Gen- 
genuinely make the argument. And now the 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 nuance of their opinion was that we use a credit card to buy avocado toast when then in reality if you're using a credit card to buy avocado avocado toast to eat on larchmont yes you're spending that's a hundred dollar avocado toast at the end of the day yeah but we're not going to erewhon or whatever that place is called to get our groceries i'm going to ralph's and it's still costing me a hundred dollars to get like just the basics like i don't i don't and aren't you supposed to be I, allowed to have avocado? Like, shouldn't you be a little bit... Aren't you like, supposed to be encouraged to eat avocado? Aren't they good for you? Like, we, it shouldn't be a choice in order... Yeah, it, it's it's a very weird argument to, like, blame, then blame us for our own issue. Anyway, this is a podcast about Lord of the Rings. It doesn't have to be today, but I, I let's see. Is recession comparable to Gollum in any way? Do you think like do you think Middle Earth ever went through like a recession? Like, That's kind of what I was thinking about while we were talking a little bit. Like, was Sauron their recession? Is there money in Lord of the Rings? Like, there's gold, but I feel like every transaction, like you know, we don't see um, Frodo or Sam or anybody give the the innkeeper any money when they ask for four rooms, like right. Pippin. Pippin doesn't like bring up money to the bar when he rats out Frodo. Like I'm, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's like talk of, of how expensive Bilbo's birthday was, because like you are, I think just like anything, they had an arbitrary system of trade, which included here's three gold. I'll take your, you know, pies that you made. You know, yeah. And then, so I think there there was wealth because there has to be there has to be wealth. I don't know. Like I, I mean, I obviously there is wealth because like that's what attracted Smaug to Erebor and stuff like that. And it's like and they, and they say like oh like his mithril uh, chainmail is worth half the Shire or all of the Shire or whatever Gandalf right. says. Like there's talk of like monetary value, but there's never any trade of actual money. Like, right. there's probably trades of, like, you know, furs and food and wine and, and goods and stuff, but there's never currency. Well, I don't know if that's even – I think, like, so I'm the, – the other time I know where there's, like, an exchange of goods are with, like, the men of whatever town and the elves with, like, their wine. Yeah, the barrels, yeah. Right? So, so the elves have to be paying the men something – in order to get that wine and to have that system. So I, I do, I wonder, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around like a medieval world like that, I guess. Yeah. Cause like in game of Thrones, like there, there's like gold coins, there's currency. Everyone's talking about like, Oh, you know, there's bounty. Like there's for sure currency in game of Thrones in that fantasy world. But just like in middle earth, you know, Everyone's talking about how precious, you know, stones are and gold and treasure and stuff like that. But for what? Like, okay, I'm going to give you a mithril vest for something. All right. Uh, yeah, I think just because the the mithril chain mail is worth half the shire, that doesn't mean he could get that from some. Like, I don't like. Yeah. There's no one going, well, I'm trying to buy half the shire. Um 
Yeah, that's an interesting question. I look forward to answers from our audience who know. I really want to hear uh, people talk about that because I'm genuinely curious because I've always thought that where it's just like it seems like a currency-less world where everyone just does goods and services for each other in exchange for goods and services. I like, think does Sam get paid? Does Sam get paid to garden? Sam or does gets he like lodging? Sam gets they, they like gets get like a home. Okay. See, the thing food. is that everything is like barter. There's no currency. I do think there's currency, but I just think it's like also arbitrary because there's no like central banking system. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it depends. It, it's got to be whatever they put value on is then the thing that is spent and exchanged. Okay. That's going to be, that would be my guess. And if someone has more information on this, I would love to learn. Uh, Maybe if I understand how they banked then, (laughs) I'd understand our own system here. (laughs) Yeah, is there like an Iron Bank of Bravos in (laughs) Middle Earth? Like, was uh, was Smaug uh, giving out loans or something like that? If If today was simpler and it was like a system of, okay, well, they make the pies and I buy the pies with my chicken feathers what would what would your system be like what would you offer society as like your sellable or uh, oh man that's tough like i don't know many trades like i guess i could still be a bartender but then oh, just like sure. i would just i would just you know ask for i thought about this and it's like i don't know if it's a weird thought or like a really easy thought i want to preface this i love food yes i love food i hate that i have to eat I hate mm. it. I hate that, like, I get hungry. And I'm like, oh, God, I've got to eat because I need to live. I wish just, like, I could, like, press a button or, like, you know, you know, future tech. Like, you push something, it, like, injects sustenance into your blood and be like, okay, that's it. You did, yeah. Like, you're, would you're... I miss steak and ribs and pizza and stuff like that? I would. But it also be super convenient just to be like, eh, okay, I'm full. I'm, I'm sustained for another six hours. So are you it's like the one same of those with sleeping? That... Like no, I, I love come sleeping. On. No, dude. I, I if I could, like, there's an episode of American Dad where he's got like these secret CIA pills that allow you to like never sleep, but you're not tired. Like it feels like you've slept, but you're just awake 24 hours a day. And if I could do that without going insane, because you would go insane. You would, yeah. Um, and if I wanted to take a nap, I'd take a nap. But it's <laughs> sure. just like, oh, it'd be nice just to like not have to sleep. If I wanted to sleep, I could, but if I wanted just to stay up and, you know, like, you know, grind all night, man, get your Sigma, no, but it's like, if I wanted to stay up, I, I could, I could just like, okay, I'm just going to stay up tonight. Yeah, I th- I, therein lies our fundamental difference. I think because I have to eat and because I have to sleep, I like both of those things, but in particularly, in particular, I love sleeping. Um God, that's fascinating. I, I are you one of those people that like forgets to eat? Not forgets, but it's just like I don't know. It's it's almost like a chore sometimes where wow. it's like oh, I gotta make food, or especially now with just like inflation, like groceries are not cheaper than than going out anymore. Like no. it's it's almost insane that like oh I could make food. Oh yeah, that's just as expensive as like you know. And like I don't I, I don't mind fast food but i'm never like looking forward to it or like oh let me go get so and so and it never but makes you feel good it's it, never it, and it, that's the thing like fast food lasts for like two hours let alone six 
because it's just like there's nothing in it. Um, so it's just like I I get that it sounds weird, and I like oh, I said, no, it I doesn't love sound food. weird. I just think there's different. I just think there's like there's a woman who I knew that her husband literally had to hand her food because she would forget to eat. I I do think with her though. There was a little bit of an eating disorder there. She was okay. a very thin woman. But I think some people, like, you're, she wasn't the first person I met. She wasn't the last person that I met who literally forgot to eat food. And it wasn't, like, a huge priority to them. And it's very interesting. Yeah, it's like, because I'm pretty good if I'm, like, just sitting at my desk or, like, just relaxing. I can go without eating. But it's, like, the minute I start moving, my stomach's like, okay, we need something. And so, like, it's it's very inconvenient. Wow, fascinating. Yeah, I'm a bored eater. I like I'd like to well, maybe that's not true. But I do like to eat when I'm bored. But when I'm engaged, then I can forget to eat, which is usually for the better. Uh yeah. is it possible that we're talking so much about other things because there's really not a lot to talk about Gollum that's already been talked about? You know what? I you know, I did my research. Let me pull it up. Of course I meant you to did. do that. But just like there's not much that we don't know that literally movie only people don't know about Gollum. Like, right. and that's the thing is that um, he was born uh, by the Anduin uh, upriver, uh, found the, obviously like uh, Deagle found, which by the way, laziest name ever. Deagle? J.R. Tolkien. He had a couple like, lazy, he had a couple lazy names to yeah. be fair. But he is, was a is... store hobbit. A store hobbit. What does that was born mean? during the Watchful Peace, so that was when uh, Gandalf had his eye on Mordor and was like, "Hmm, something's not right here." Okay. Uh, and he became the ring bearer at thirty-three, which was the same age that Frodo became the ring bearer. That's interesting, actually. I didn't know that. And he he got obviously like he murdered Deagle for the ring. But when he got it, he tried to become like this harmless, like little little scamp. But everyone was just like, "There's something wrong with you." Like, just didn't give him a chance at all. He was and ostracized. So, he was kicked. He was immediately kicked out ostracized. His, yeah, 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 yeah. And it kind of turned him into that scampering, stealing food. Yep. Thing. And then he started also not aging. I, yeah, I think like his soul aged, obviously, like it just became or like was just withering away, basically. But yeah, he lived for five hundred years. It's pretty crazy. That is crazy. But well, that's all the ring. Oh yeah. Or but can you ma- can you imagine living for five hundred years? What would you? Well, I would want to live for five hundred years as an elf and not as uh, something that eats grubs off of or or kills orcs for my meat. Oh, yeah, you know like half I mean? of your life is like the bottom of the Misty Mountains, basically. Yeah, I don't think that would be worth it to me. I, like, I don't know what I love enough that would let me... Like, he loves the ring so much that he's alive, right? Even though, despite yeah. like a horrible existence. For 500 years... You know, it's funny. Dune has this expanse of lifetime as well. There's um, a character in the second and third... No, the third and fourth books the third or something anyway it doesn't matter um that their lifespans like two thousand years like it's it's unnaturally elongated let's put it that way that's wild two thousand years is so long because you think about how much we've forgotten about the way of life just a hundred years ago and we're like how did they ever live like that there was a really great representation of this in 
Seth MacFarlane's The Orville, where they found um, artifacts from our era, and that show takes place in about like 400 years from our timeline. Okay. And they find an iPhone, and they're all like, what is this? And it seems impossible that they wouldn't know what an iPhone is, but 400 years is a god dang long time. Nice save. Thanks. I did pretty good. I like I understand, but it's also like I, I like the Orville. I think it's a very well written show. Uh, my roommate's been watching it and he's really enjoying it. But just I, I, it is like kind of my pet peeve when like it's it's the limit of science fiction when, you know, like the speaking you know, the Orville, obviously, like very Star Trek ish. The new Star Trek's all they listen to is like, oh, we're listening to classic rock. And it's like stuff from like it's like, OK, I get it. Like you can't make future music without it sounding like future music right, but right, it's, right. it's like such a it's such a nitpick of mine but it, it is crazy like i mean what would be something 400 or 500 years ago that you would not know what it is like would like but something i think from like, iphone you wouldn't i think that that's their point because like that's what the science the science fiction writer's job quote unquote is to take a snapshot of, of what our world is today and pan out and what would we forget? Like, it, and so I mean, I've, I've seen TikToks where like zoomers don't even know what burning CDs meant. Uh, <laughs> I love the, the one where it's like, what do you mean? Hang up the phone, mom. Yeah. Like we still say it. Yeah. Hang up the phone. What am I hanging it on? <laughs> yeah. Like that is wild that we still, I, I hadn't even thought of that one that we still say hang up. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've also come full circle where our phone, we, we basically have come back to pocket watches again, something that would have never existed. And now your timepiece is in your phone, in your pocket again. Yeah. So like, like the guy who writes the, all the black mirrors, he does a really good job of like zooming out 25 years on one part of our existence. What if that piece got blown up you know like what happened if, what happens if our entire social cachet is based on our followers or whatever um that's oh, that's yeah, the good Bryce Dallas Howard one. That's oh my god episode. I'll never forget that one um but anyway I think it's 400 to 500 years of living a lot changes Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Significantly. I don't know how rapid, like, in our society, it does bear mentioning. Our society is ra uh, evolving at an exponential rate beyond that that we can't even contain. In the Shire, in Middle Earth, it's not the same. It's not like they're going through an indo industrial revolution. I don't know how much is... I mean, I feel like so uh, Saruman was trying to... Yeah, you know what? He did kind of invent steampunk, I think. I think so. I think, like, that was kind of the whole thing was that, like, I mean, J.R. Tolkien, like, says that, like, he's not reflecting on, like, real life, but he was writing this during the Industrial Revolution and seeing, like, the effects that it had on, like, the common people and, like, seeing, you oh. know, London turn into this, like, ashy, brown, soot-covered, coal-covered place. Wow. It's like everyone, you know, marched off to their factory jobs for 10 hours a day and for five pennies a day. Wow. Um, 
And so, like, <laughs> so, it's, it's always somebody's like, this is not based on real life, even though everything is applicable in real life. <laughs> Every single piece of it. It's like, don't you dare <laughs> talk about World War One or the Industrial Revolution. When it it's all mythology. This it's all everything's, happened. Everything's fake. <laughs> but, um. Wow, I hadn't even realized that. So, like, there is obviously, like, a lot of stuff like that, but it's also, you know, man, like, it is just the, the, the clash of, like, nature versus, like, what's coming? Like, are, are men ready to take over Middle Earth? What are they going to do? Um, oh, my God, it's a big blue cat. Yeah, there's our, our, our audience can't tell, but um, my he's on a diet right now too mm-hmm. i know he's a big boy uh yeah we have cats involved now um i think that i think that's exactly right where you can't divorce the world that tolkien is current presently writing in is has to be a reflection on that change of the the elves and everything sailing to the yeah. gray havens or sailing from gray havens it definitely is de- they're departing from the world to the world that we have now granted i also didn't realize that sh- that signifies the fourth age we're currently quote unquote in like the fifth age i didn't know that so um, when would the fourth age have ended uh it is out there i don't have that information off the top of my head got it but it did end at one. I think the fourth age is like the die off of the dwarves and the the hobbits and stuff, and then it's just the men. That would be my guess. Got it. Um, got it. Um, so yeah, I think it is an it is a. That's why this story is so interesting to me and has been. It does feel like a. Like, Tolkien's just sad that our world isn't that anymore. Oh, for sure. That's the thing. Like, so much beauty and one with nature is leaving the planet. Like, they're like they're sailing off. And it's that's why it's like this tragic, beautiful thing that's going on. And that's how it's portrayed. Where it's just like, yeah, this is this is tough. You know, is the world is the world going to make it? Are men able to take care of Middle Earth? Because it is like one thing in in the stories. I wonder if the gods that created the elves and subsequently the men, Alu, Alavatar, Lavala, um, yeah. what, does he even exist? Would like if you were to talk to Tolkien to get today, does that god still? factor into our world today like would he send a blue wizard in our future to fight an an evil entity or something i wonder if they would still have or did they all just like seal themselves off when the elves left officially i wonder like that that is such a good question where like are they still keeping an eye on middle earth like do they just not care anymore are they just kind of like you know what you guys sealed your own fate you're gonna do what you do here i'm curious about it but i don't know uh speaking of golem (laughs) (laughs) oh i feel like we jumped the golem ship (laughs) so okay so you spent i I do want to address one thing you spent all of your time bad mouthing our poor dear beloved sam bad mouthing or bringing up salient points. S- salient is 
a five dollar word for a for ten cent points that you were bringing up the other day. Jesus, <laughs> Jeez. I dare you? You might be right, but I'm still offended. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just like Golem is such a perfect like he's like the definition of like a tragic character that you do still care about, and I feel like the movies. Honestly, more so, I feel like the movies did a better job than the books did of conveying that. Uh, would you agree or did, did you Is, like? Oh, no, I fully agree. I feel, I feel nothing but, I feel nothing but pity for that character. I yeah. don't, I don't, I mean, Colm does some gross things like, you know, killing rabbitses and eating like gross dead fish you know what i mean like there's like things that like are grotesque about Gollum that while i'm watching the movie i'm like Ugh, whatever right yeah. it's revolting but but he's not revolting to me and and i do feel really sad about him and pity him i don't think a he doesn't he he wouldn't want your pity i don't think i don't think I don't know exactly how to put this, but like he's a pitiable character uh, without any hope of changing his circumstance. I don't think there's much hope for him being able to lead a different life or be, being able to break the spell fully of the ring. And then at then then at what point that begs the question, like it, what at what point is that living then? Um, yeah. I'm, ha I'm having a hard time trying to say like, and he, he, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to live, but like, I don't, I wouldn't want to live a life if all anyone felt for me was pity. If that was the only emotion I evoked. I think it's pity in that Frodo knows that this is almost just like almost none of Smeagol exists anymore. It's just Gollum, and it's just because like, this evil entity has completely swallowed him whole. And so I think it's an it's a pity in that Frodo wants to believe that he can be redeemed and come back from you know the darkness. Um, and like you said, there are moments where you see that, but it was like one thing. Just it was like you know he is like on the cliff's edge, and it just took like you know, a, a Looney Tunes of, like, Tweety Bird landing on, like, the wrong side of the balance beam. Sure. And he, like, went, whoa, as he was falling, <laughs> falling off the cliff. <laughs> it's like well, Wile E. Coyote where he's, like, walking out into midair and he's like, if you don't look down, you won't fall, but he keeps looking down. I think that's, like, a metaphor for sobriety in some way or another. Very possible. But I, but I think what I feel the saddest about is Gollum's unhealthy relationship with himself. He's literally bullying, being bullied by a version of him. Yeah. Um, and that's where like my empathy, I think that's, that's what the movies accomplished was really portraying that well. Oh, yeah, that conversation scene with him, like, you know, the different camera angles, like, that should have won Andy Serkis, like, an Oscar. Um, exactly, and that was my next point, is that, that Andy Serkis is also to blame for how good that is. I mean, yeah. to be able to convey that and on, on CGI is next level. 
Um, And that, like, I do, I understand the argument of, like, oh, where does the CGI end and the actor begin? I do, to a certain point, understand that. But on the other hand, there are a lot of actors I don't think could get in those full bodysuits and give a performance like that. It's one thing if, like, you're in makeup or something. It's another thing if you are acting opposite someone and you're, like, crouched, you know, slouched down on your hands and knees with a bunch of bubbles all over you and doing a funny voice while you give this it's like it's insane the level of commitment that guy had to the role that and that's just it it's i think this is what separates uh andy circus is separate from other cgi performances because he's not just using his face and motion capture and all that his entire body is engaged in the performance and he's still delivering a believable emotional performance probably just to a, a dot in the sky that is his eyeline. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and I would also make the argument that Benedict Cumberbatch did a pretty fantastic job. Oh, with, yeah. With his... That, that footage is insane. And they didn't even use it. They didn't right. even use that. That's, right. that's the wild part, that he just did all that. Not for nothing, but just that he was willing to do that regardless if he knew they were going to use it or not. But yeah, and that's why I feel like that scene, you know, we have that we talked about like, you know, Ian McKellen kind of breaking down, you know, with the tennis balls all around him. And then in that same movie, you have arguably the best scene in the trilogy with Bilbo and Gollum, and it's because they're next to each other. They're acting right with each other. Right. And Martin Freeman and uh Andy Serkis, two of the best actors in the universe uh of Middle-earth, like are just like just feeding off of each other and i was trying to find that line for my opener of like oh if if we don't get it you know if we get a riddle you don't get we eats it and just like martin freeman's look of like hmm okay (laughs) and it's just like it's so good like i know that we spent half the time of our hobbit rewatchables because it was one of the only engaging sucking moments of that whole movie truly yeah and like that's what they and that's the thing is that yeah, they kind of sold it on like, oh, do you remember Gollum? But they also sold it on like, you're going to want to be here for this conversation, this riddles in the dark. Like, you are going to want to be here uh, for it. And it it lived up to the hype. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. And I think also in that scene, which I don't think the books get across. And again, it could be artistic liberty, what have you. Gollum turns into a five-year-old playing that game. And it is, for lack of a better word, precious. <laughs> it is. He it, is it's, it's something that he hasn't had in 400 years, probably. Right. Like, because here's the thing. We do know that Smeagol was likely a, a hobbit or hobbit hobbit adjacent person. Still um, a hobbit is what uh, the uh, Which, what uh, does Nerd that mean? Said. I think it's like location, you know, like 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 a... a a took or a brandy buck or something like that. Like, got it. Um, yeah. So he was. He had. He had relations. He was. It was his birthday. Um, he was out on the river with another. Was it a family member or a friend? Was I think Deagle. his cousin. Yeah, Deagle is his cousin. We don't know if Smeagol was a good person necessarily before. I think we kind of know. I mean. It's like, are we are we giving Smeagol the same benefit we're giving like Boromir? Is that like yes. why didn't the Ring want Deagle? Like, do you think it like 
Was it just calling to everybody, any and everybody, just the sending ring, out like? What? Deagle found the ring, and Spiegel I know that's what I'm killed. saying. Is that like? Do you think it's just because like it was just pure evil, and it was like, oh, anybody take me? Uh, I don't know. I'm just because uh, the way that they fought, the way that they depicted it in the movie, and the way I understand it is Deagle and Smeagol then fought, and yeah. Smeagol won out. Gotcha. So it's I think we we just as easily get this story where Deagle is golem later down mm. you know what i mean i just think it's those two were overcome by the power of the ring and then fought each other despite being friends and family so yeah. i do think we give him his the boromir lure or you know spell cast be- benefit of the doubt however i don't know how good of a guy smeagol is ahead of time but I got to imagine somewhat decent because he he's able to uh, muster some of that together to treat Frodo with some decency occasionally and, and love, tenderness, genuinely. I think now, so. Do you, yeah. And that, you know, we, we talked about it during Sam. Like, do you think that love and tenderness was coming from a genuine place or like from a place of like, oh, he's the ring bearer, like almost like a servitude kind of thing? I think it's coming from a, I think in the same way a dog feels love for a oh human. I know. But I but I really do. Because there is a master <laughs> best friend vibe there. <laughs> Am I really ruining you right now? No, no, no. I know what you're saying, but it's just like the, the way you hit the word dog. Which, yeah. It's kind of like a dog. <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to evoke how Some sad. Mutt. No, I watched Isle of Dogs last night. Have you oh, seen it? I need to rewatch it because I haven't seen it since the theaters. And like, Fantastic Mr. Fox, another his other claymation, Wes Anderson's other claymation movie. It's like in my top ten, my number one comfort movie. Really? I love it so. I love it so much. It's. I put it on all the time. It's 90 minutes. And I've read the, I think that's Roald Dahl. It I think. is, yeah. And he just, um, yeah. He made so much out of that that wasn't in the book. The book is like little, like 25 pages long. Sure. It's really Fox steals stuff from farmers, shoots his tail off, and then they burrow under and like, you know, Escape. how the movie ends and, you know, burrow under. But they made so much more out of the movie. And I love every single like voice performance in there is so good. Um, but yeah, uh, I didn't I get what I wanted to out of it, th- yeah. but I've only seen it once in theaters. So I think that's my own expectations going into the movie. So I do want to rewatch it. I think that would probably be everyone's issue is you can't go from Fantastic Fox to Fantastic They're very Fox. different movies and I wasn't expecting them to be. Isle of Dogs is dark. It's upsetting. It's really good at putting like, even in like Royal Tenenbaums where, was it Luke Wilson tries to commit suicide? No, Owen and, Wilson. Oh, yeah. Luke Wilson tries to commit suicide. Yes. Yeah. And so just he puts some dark stuff into his movies. But the way, you know, the music and the whimsy and the the framing and stuff like that. The fact that he's never been nominated for an Oscar. He hasn't been. Oh, I didn't even realize that. For anything. Writing, directing, cinematography. Oh, production that's genuinely upsetting. Ins- it's so weird, and everyone's like, "Oh, this movie's too." You know what you're getting. You know what you're getting when, like, not everyone is Martin Scorsese or something where they can do something completely different every time they they turn on the camera. 
But you know what you're getting with a lot of directors. They have a style. They have a uh, je ne sais quoi. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I use that correctly. No, I think but that's. I think that's gonna be. We're gonna. To we're gonna allow it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, judges. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Name the a more defined style. And it's so good. It's so good. I, I love Wes Anderson truly. And um, I haven't seen the latest Asteroid City. I need to watch it. I need Very to watch good. It. Very weird. One of his weirdest. And love it. it. Can't and wait. I, so I just did all of, I'm doing all of, actually I'm in the middle of Steve Zissou right now. Um, cause I've only watched it once and I remember leaving it going like, what just happened? And I didn't yeah. know if I liked it. The ending of Steve's East is very jarring as well. I, I have, a, I, I feel it cause I'm in, in the middle, literally in the middle of it right now. And I can mm. feel this tension like a vice grip, just like being turned. And I, so I can, I can head, I can tell what we're like careening towards. Yeah. Um, but the reason I'm watching all this Wes Anderson is cause he just adapted four road dolled. Rodal's short stories for yes, Netflix. Yes, I saw that on Netflix. I need to watch it too. That are fantastic. And I also Love didn't it. realize how really weird and dark Rodal is. Anyway, it makes so much sense that Wes Anderson is who he is based off of his love for Road Doll. And so, yeah, I'm going back and watching all these things. Isle of Dogs made me feel so much sadness and empathy because it's just like these poor dogs. And I do feel like there's a part of Gollum, that is a, 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 something that needs to be loved, that is doesn't have enough time to recuperate, is then, like, so think about it like this, like a rescue dog, not a dog that performs rescues, but dogs that you rescue from yeah, a bad I situation. I got it, I got it, I got it. I know, but for some reason I felt the need to qualify it. Um, a rescue dog takes two years to be untraumatized, basically. Oh, wow. So you have a dog that is not accustomed to touch or is not very comfortable in this. And they obviously, you see dogs like bounce back right away. It can certainly happen. But mm. then all of a sudden, after about like two years of having a cat or a dog that's been rescued from a kind of crappy situation, they fundamentally change and they're like, oh, I'm safe and things are going to be okay. So let's look at Gollum as potentially re- rehabilitate a bull instead of going like, hey, you're safe. He's getting dragged along at a literal life or death mission. So he doesn't have have any chance to acclimatize. And so all that stressful situation is going to put him back on his heels and revert to bad bad behavior because he doesn't have a chance to feel comfortable especially with another hobbit treating him like butt. Now, do you think that he was savable? Do you think after 400 years of the most evil object whispering in his ear of how much he needs it and can't live without it, like 400 years, do you think he could have come back from that? I think if he got to go to Hobbiton, and just chill and maybe occasionally had to be sedated after so, a couple years. So Frodo throws the ring in the fire. All three of them get rescued by eagles. Sure. What's Gollum's state of mind right then and there? Probably not good. Do you think and he would have like, even if Frodo goes to throw it in, do you think he would have dove into the lava after it? Probably. 
I think okay. I think the the hypothetical we have to entertain is that by some grace of intervention, Gollum is rescued from doing that act. Yeah. I think so that, they're back, that's... they're back in the house of healing. Is he like strapped down to a gurney? Probably. Like, He's probably yeah. not well. Um, here's here's what my overall point will be, though. Let's just say he's rehabilitatable, actually, right? Let's just say okay. they're able to get him properly medicated or show him love. I don't think without the ring being in existence, he actually physically would live very long. So, no, I don't think it's, it'd be like Bilbo. Like, Bilbo lasted for another, you know, 30, 40 years. Or, and I, I still I, think that's only because. I guess 20, 20, actually. Uh, well, how long? How long after, like, because it was 20 years when Frodo left the Shire on the, to Rivendell. Like, they don't show that. Because, like, in the movie, it seems like, oh, you've been gone a month. Oh, my right. God, what's, what's happened to you? Right, right. <laughs> um, but in, the, in reality, it's been 20 years. So he's been living with the, at the elves for 20 years, you know, right. doing whatever. And then it's another year uh, of the Fellowship journey. Um, and so how long... Till Frodo sails to the west. I think it's like five years. I don't think five years. So think yeah, it's... like twenty five. So you, you give Gollum like. Do you think he'd last twenty five years, or I do don't. you think because he's lived already five hundred, he's gonna last like a couple months? I here's my theory. I actually think Bilbo continued to live because the ring was still in existence. I don't think Gollum would have nearly as long, despite the whether he was the same age as Bilbo or not, because. The ring's energy is gone. That's I, fair. So I, that's my theory. I like theory. that theory. I like that. Honestly, yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense. I because th- like I think when we see Bilbo in Rivendell, he's older and he's like, "Oh, I wanted to go on adventures, but these old bones." And then we see him on the way to the Grey <gasps> Havens is like the crypt keeper, <laughs> <laughs> leaning against. Yeah, he's like, Frodo. like, "Oh, I've been up for ten minutes. Time for my afternoon nap." <laughs> oh, jeez, it's actually pretty sad. But I think, yeah, I wonder if that's also part of it. Is it's just like he's going into a steep decline because there's literally no, no life force left. If, if I'd be, the I'm okay with that theory. Honestly, it I makes wonder. perfect sense to me. But I, yeah, my overall assumption is. I think Gollum's habilitatable. What about you? What do you think? I don't know, man. I don't want to give up on anybody uh, because they've been through trauma, but that is a steep hill to climb. That, like, not, not even but, a hill. That is a literal <laughs> Mount Doom to climb. Sure. Um, but don't you see glimmers of his... Oh, absolutely. And he has some mind power and control. He has some self-control. Does he have control or did... Gollum wait just be like all right you're a little too strong because Gollum is a sneaker and a creeper and a sneak and a okay Sam I mean Smeagol was literally doing it the second he got the ring the second he got the ring he was like "Mm, let's go sure into the women's locker room right now (laughs) kind (laughs) of stuff (laughs) that's slander it's it's not slander if they're facts okay all right all right all right um I don't think he was doing that, but, like, the women of the town were like, okay, you're doing this. What else are you doing? So, <laughs> sure. like. Is that a uh, factual, textual thing? I think uh, that's what the, I believe that's what the video says. That Like, he was, like, you know, sneaking little things but and, like, playing pranks. But everyone was like, you're invisible. We don't know 
where you are and where you aren't. So, and we already don't know what happened to Deagle on this fishing trip that he never came back from. So, I forgot about the invisibility. I know that that's like kind of silly, but because also he stopped using the ring, he just kept it with him because he no, he he would use it to kill orcs and stuff, wouldn't he? No, to like sneak I, up on orcs. No, because it was so Misty dark, Mountain. he didn't have to. At a certain, I think I literally remember it had been a long time since you know Smeagol had put it on. Or oh, Bob that's right, because it, it wasn't on him. Like it was on his little as little hut in the middle yeah. of the lake. Um, but yeah, just I don't know. I I want to say yes because there there were those shimmers, but it like it would literally have to be a nothing went wrong situation, and it's yeah. hard to produce those like. The Shire is the best place to do it, but, you know, the minute Lobelia Saxville Baggins shows up, he's going to, like, gonna have a, a bad relapse or something and <laughs> choke her out, which you know, oh, wouldn't, be the, no. wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Well, I know. think, well, oh, God, I was just going to say Elrond and Rivendell would probably have to take him as charge, but they're on their way out, so, like, yeah. they're not going to do anything about that. Um, I don't know. I wonder if, like, Aragorn doesn't take up that... He Mantle. has a literal earth to run. Yeah. But I feel like his hospitals would be the best. I don't know. I still vote for the Shire being the best place because it's just the fact that, you know, big people like Aragorn literally bans big folk from going into the Shire, literally sure. makes it a haven for the little folk. Sure. Um, I don't know. I, I it's it is it's just a tough situation and like kind of impossible to say. I'd like to believe it. That he could come back from the brink, but yeah. I guess just the whole the whole point of like even entertaining that idea is that like I do believe we see genuine glimpses of an a, an an entity that's capable of love, but is corrupted past a point and so used to being unloved and corrupted. Yeah, that it goes. It falls back on its old habits very quickly. That's all. For that, sure. That's my, that's my... I'm not saying he's not the villain. I'm not saying he's not gross. But I but I think they... He's a, he's a living, breathe... He's a living, breathing entity. And it does teach us a good lesson reading the books. Like, that's not... We're not... It's not for us to say that this being isn't deserving of living, I guess. I don't know. I guess yeah. if you, like, killed your uncle, you could be like, no, I'm going to kill that thing. You know what I mean? Like... If Bilbo didn't make it out and Frodo's like, oh, no, I'm going to kill that. I don't know if I'm Gandalf. I'm going to stop him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying retaliation is the best. I'm just saying I, it's a different case when you're not experiencing his atrocities firsthand. I don't know. I don't know what I'm excusing, actually. Anyway, I think that's it's a- fun to watch Jess just like do this in real time. Honestly, is it? Is it? It is. I'm enjoying myself. Like <laughs> I like so the theory glad. of you know all of the theories we brought up today. I think um, so too. We were supposed to cover Gollum like in the episode with the Witch King and everything, and the fact that you know we're almost an hour into this, like it feels great. This is even a, a better version of this this episode about Gollum than I could have imagined because I think it is. It's better to have hypothetical questions about a character so well known like this than it is to like here's things we know about it, you know. Um I actually feel like this does Gollum more justice than my attempt to uh make Sam the bad guy in the Sam episode, honestly. Yeah. I, I, agree. I accomplished more today than I ever have in my entire life and thank you for that. 
I'm, I'm glad I could be here for it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right. Well, if you enjoy what you're hearing, you could support us over at Patreon uh, forward slash pod of the rings. We're also on Instagram and at, at, at podcast of the rings and Twitter on pod of the rings. We got to get those matched up. <laughs> so you can't do a long one on Twitter. I think just uh, they, they all need to be pot of the rings. Okay, so we'll make the Instagram pot of the rings. It was for a second. I just really wanted everything to be podcast of the rings. But yeah, pot of the rings makes more sense because it's also Lord of the Rings, pod of the rings. I still yeah. like podcast of the rings, though. I, I do like podcast of the rings just because I hate the word. Like anytime I'm listening to a podcast, like, oh, yeah, we recorded this pod. It's like, oh, my God. It's hey, so listen to my pod. And like, or when you're talking to somebody in real time who says, oh, yeah, I record a pod every Friday. It's like, yeah. Oh, oh just I'm not worst. friends with that person. <laughs> nope, same. I refuse. Uh, all right. Well, I think this means coming up next is our rewatch of the extended versions of the movies. It is finally time. All right. So join us. For that series upcoming, I think Ben and I are at the very least going to break those movies up into threes. Similarly, I think that's what we decided. I think three. I, I like we're gonna we're gonna do some some discussions of where we want to do each one. Like where um, we're gonna break so that you guys as the audience can keep up. Yeah, with us. so you guys know like where to focus, what to watch, and stuff like that. And I mean, like the worst thing you can do is you know watch these movies multiple times, which I'm sure all of you already have. So um, we're gonna find like the break times of like okay, this episode, uh, Fellowship's three parts. Here's where our three parts are gonna be. Yeah, so keep an eye on one of the Insta uh, Twitters or Instagrams, and we'll let you know that way. Also, you can join our Discord. Um, there's fun discourse there. Hey. Hey. Um, and yeah, so we're 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 heading towards that, especially because it's the holiday season coming up soon, and who doesn't love to do a rewatch then? So they the are makes... Christmas movies. They're Christmas movies. It's I official. couldn't. They're more Christmas movies than Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and I will go to my grave defending Die Hard as a Christmas movie. I love it. I'm, I'm in complete agreement. I'm so glad. All right. Well, until next time then, Ben. May our paths meet again. 